And now, White People Won't Save You Theater proudly presents a dramatic reading of the lyrics of the song We Genie from the motion picture Kazam. <clears throat> My name is Kazam. I got the whole plan. So listen to the man, because I'm the Sultan of Sand. Is that it? Is that the whole deal? You want to be a hit? You better get real. I did have this friend in 1000 BC. We discovered a bevy of bathing beauties. Heber looks to me and I says to he, why don't we jump in that old Euphrates? So that's the whole story? That's all you gotta tell? You gotta listen to my rap from bell to bell. Those babies had rabies, and we was in Hades, cause we moved with the harem of the Prince Akbar de Karam. So it's you and Haber in a thousand BC? Buried to our necks in sand like the sea, by a sultan with a sword and a lock and a key. Ooh, they're in deep. Will they ever get free? No. no. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we got we got a couple of special things happening. One, we are live in a sense. In the same <laughs> room. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Here. <laughs> this, is, this is the first time we had a chance to do this, which is nice, you know, because usually I'm just looking at camera through a computer screen. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry to every co-host who ever had to watch me through <laughs> my blinking Zoom uh, Zoom feed because I won't update my OS. I'm just yeah, stubborn. Well, That's just know. some stubborn bullshit. I I'm mean, sorry, you, you do what you gotta do. Uh, but yeah, so this is kind of well, almost like a like a test drive for the the live show. For the live you show. Know, this we is get to because we're live. Yeah, we're here. we get to riff riff in person. We actually uh, get to like look at each other. Yeah, and talk to yeah. each other. This is wild. This is wild shit. Uh, secondly, we this is the first time that we've actually watched the movie right before recording and go directly to recording so we we, we are getting our like raw live unprepared commentary on this movie. <laughs> yeah this is pretty raw this yeah, is straight yeah. up uh we just saw it and we definitely have some opinions yeah well so we we are doing another white people won't save you investigation because <laughs> previously cameron brought white man can't jump yes i i Saw White Man Can't Jump in my apartment, and I thought to myself, oh, this is definitely a white savior film because mm. Woody Harrelson is out here coming up over the black man <laughs> in a way. <laughs> this is white saviorism, so I guess we had to watch it. We had to yeah. investigate, and it wasn't completely. No. It wasn't completely a white savior film. Yeah. It was more of like a white friendship 
movie. I could say we fuck with White Man Can't Jump. Like yeah, that's we, not a movie that's like we're not we're not hating yeah, on White yeah, Man Can't yeah, Jump. Yeah. So classic status. Yeah, there's some things that were just kind of like, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely some questionable yeah, thing along we the way, were, but it definitely wasn't flat out white right. savorism. But in a, in a little bit of serendipity, we are looking at a movie that was brought to our attention by Brent uh, from Home Video Hustle. Shout out to Brent. Uh, from an episode that we did before about the Arab there, which is directed by Paul Michael Glazer, who was also the director of the movie we're talking about today, Kazam. Uh, Urban classic, <laughs> Kazam. <laughs> because Brent was, we were looking through Paul Michael Glazer's like Story history filmography. he was like oh kazam like isn't that a white savior movie too and i was like what you talking about <laughs> what you talking about, <laughs> what you talking about Willis? <laughs> and he was like well i mean at the end of the movie doesn't that kid like free shazam and like <laughs> you know no. and i started to no. think about it and i was like damn he's right you know like i don't know that little boy granted kazam his freedom yes uh, his freedom papers and we, <laughs> i was like oh, well we gotta look into this we gotta we gotta get to the bottom of this so we watched kazam just now boy wow what a uh yeah <laughs> i think there's a reason that it's interesting because i at first i was worried i was like damn i don't have to pay to watch kazam but like kazam is on disney plus came be- through because i guess through all the various similar things to like a couple of movies we've done, you know, it's not a Disney movie, but it's done through TriStar. Uh, yeah. Uh, which was like a Disney, like, offshoot. Like Touchstone. Yeah. Just releasing, stuff like that, where they could do, they usually use those things for, like, their more PG-13 or, yeah. like, adult fare. Uh, but it's still Disney. Right. The the day. So you can you can watch this on Disney Plus. Uh, shout out Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you but, can be a sponsor. Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe not after this episode. But we, <laughs> 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 we watched it, and it's I can't. I have to say, I don't think I've seen this movie since 1997. And so. I, I definitely haven't <laughs> seen it since the same Disney Channel. I saw yeah. it on TV. So as your recollections as a kid, having watched kazam like do you like to this movie as a kid or you were i think i don't know if i liked the movie as much <laughs> as i liked you know like uh what baby Bruce and butterfingers falling from yeah. the sky like I, i'm i was 10 i was like right shit i wish i had that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i think i i also wasn't a child of divorce so like, <laughs> none of that stuff hit me <laughs> at all Shout out to loving families across America. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's time that the loving families like get over. I feel like divorce, divorce kids, like all stand up comedians. And like, you know, what was terrible being a child of divorce. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. I get it. It didn't sound great. <laughs> it doesn't sound awesome. But, you know, having two parents that loved each other and like occasionally loved you. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could be funny too. Come on, I could be, fun- be funny too. I got jokes. <laughs> uh, well, I I remember. I'm pretty sure I saw this movie in theaters. I was telling Cameron that my mom made a comment to me like when Ant Man came out because we went to go see it together, and it had been the first movie that I think we'd seen just the two of us in a while. And she was like, yeah, "This is nice because when we used to go to movies together, we saw like you know some terrible things, and it, like sounds like she was holding a grudge." Uh, to me for making her see I know I made her see Biodome 
I don't. What was the Pauly Shore movie where he was like a student or like in the school? Uh-uh. Uh, what there's Encino Man is the one where yeah, he's got like oh. his friend is a caveman. Oh, isn't that Brendan Fraser? It's Brendan Fraser. But yeah. The friend was Pauly Shore, right? I think so. But it was like a movie where like Pauly Shore was like a kid. I don't know if he was a kid, but he was like, it may have been a Adam Sandler type situation where That's he. Billy Madison. Yeah, it might have been a riff on that where like he oh, gets sent back to school yeah. for some shit. I don't know. Anyways, like I made her see movies like that, and she seemingly has never forgiven me. <laughs> I feel like because it may have been one of those movies. Uh, she was keeping a journal. I think so. You know what I mean? (laughs) Biodome. But like I was I was I'm still a huge basketball fan and like was a big Shaq fan. And like as a kid, like Shaq was like this was peak Shaq. Like this was peak Shaq. You know, like I think his his album had just come out somewhat recently. I don't even feel like looking up. Shaq Fu came out. Shaq Fu though. I do remember Shaq Fu. uh, I remember the cartridge. Just looking kind of yeah, badass. I know. And then you played the game and you're like, oh, oh this is ass. Like, this is not good. Um, <laughs> and, like, he had just been to the NBA Finals recently. Yep. He got he got his ass kicked. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a good look for him. We but, like, you know, but he was, like, you know, peak of his basketball career or, like, starting to reach the prime of his basketball right. career and, like, now was breaking out as, like, Shaq, you know, like the you know people knew who he the was. Media he, yeah, he wasn't just a basketball player anymore. He was like a celebrity. Yeah, uh, and so Kazam was like an effort to like make him like a megastar, like Shaq, <laughs> like the multimedia personality who's like doing all these different things. And <laughs> I just got a glimpse of like the future, or not the future, but like the um, alternate universe, alternate timeline where shit, where Kazam was a hit. Oh boy, you could never take that from him. Shaq is unapologetic about this movie. Like right. anytime anybody tries to clown him about it, he's like, "I got seven million dollars." Did you, did you make seven million dollars? Because I did. You know, so like he has no qualms about Kazam. Like you know, he's. Yeah. I don't. I was asking Cameron before. The idea of a Kazam royalty check seems like an absurd <laughs> thing, but I, I, he might still be getting money from I this feel like movie. He's, he's collecting. The thing about it, though, is this movie did not make back its budget. Kazam, I think... Well, not at all. It, it almost got there. Yeah, Kazam, the budget for Kazam was uh, 20... Eight, eight, oh, no, yeah, 20 million. And the box office was 18.9. So, like, it wasn't, like, a failure failure, but, like, the idea of this movie not making its budget back is, like, not good. In Hollywood, <laughs> honestly, making almost making that money back is probably, like cause enough to do it again right i'm sure i'm sure they were like oh this sort of worked we can do it again but better." But, i mean again you think about that 20 million dollars shaq got seven damn so, i didn't even think about that <laughs> so the I budget really was really 13 million dollars. and then you gotta think about like marketing probably yeah cost like five million alone oh for sure so that movie's budget is now like what eight nine million yeah and, just on production costs and this is the last movie paul michael glazer ever made like he Wonder didn't make another why. movie after this. So that's uh, not good. Uh, Kazam, also not good. Not <laughs> a good movie. Newsflash, <laughs> uh, Kazam blows. <laughs> critics did not like this movie. I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, apparently people didn't like it enough to make the budget back. I mean, you know? for real, the, the 
I could say the critical rating of this movie is definitely the image of that burger splatting on the ground yeah. <laughs> that you get the close-up of in the movie. I'm going to do a real quick, um, like, if you, we'll, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in comparison, because did this also come out the same year? Biodome did come out in 1996. Look what you did to your mom. Your, your poor mother. Look what you did to her. Yeah, Biodome had a budget of $8.5 million and made $13.4 million. So, like, you know, movies like this were everywhere. And it was like, they were, but they were churning a profit. Like, I think that's why, like, I don't remember if, like, John Leguizamo, the, like, The Pest. The Pest, or, which like, I saw, like, multiple times. Yeah. It was gross. <laughs> it is not, yeah, that's that another one that. Bad, bad. I think I missed. But, like, that was also a huge hit for John Leguizamo. I mean, that kind of put John Leguizamo, like. On the map a little bit. Yeah, he so. He wasn't just doing, like, the little off-Broadway one man shows, right? You know, those are and those are actually good. I know, but you know, what's the, what's the deal with that? Like the fucking play is his one man show. By the way, if you've never seen like uh, Mambo Mouth or yeah, um, what what's the other one? Is it the one that he did after? Yeah, yeah, I forget uh, what it's called. Uh, like uh, freak something like that. Like, yeah, John Leguizamo was a freak or something like that. Yeah, but those two specials are like indelible culture right yeah there. No. and the pest is fucking nasty <laughs> <laughs> but that was just i mean that was the humor of the 90s though it's just yeah, like it was, you know yeah. we're going full gross out like like i said there's a close-up of a burger splitting yeah and kazam so you know like kazam seemed like an an easy parent so much so that a little bit of the behind the scenes like paul michael glazer i think it was it had to have been the 95 all-star game was there hanging out you know in the locker rooms, talking to people, and I think he got in the he, had that access, baby. he did. You know, he made Running Man. <laughs> so, uh, he, which is okay. The Running Man's okay. You know, it's probably his best film. Um, Actually, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we just saw his filmography. It is. <laughs> he uh, was was talking to some folks, and I, you know, I don't know if it was Shaq's agent per se, or if it was like, you know, somebody in Shaq's circle. But they're like, hey, you know, we're looking for a project for Shaq. Do you know any like? you know, movies that he might be a good fit for. And offhandedly, Paul Michael Glazer was like, you know, I don't know. I think maybe you should play a genie, you know? And then that kind of like... Between shots of Crown Royal (laughs) and like, I don't know, whatever was going on in the locker room. But that kind of stuck. And then they had about 10 weeks to make the movie or to do the pre-production for the movie because like Shaq is still very much so a professional basketball player and like the off season all you, need, you know he's got to get all you need is that nigga's measurements like <laughs> you don't you you can do the rest of the pre-production by yourself you can do whatever you need make sure all the sets are working cast people, yeah blah 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 you don't need Shaq. but that was them I and mean, they had to write the script they had to cast the film they had to like so get the locations to like wait so literally from i think Shaq should be a genie in the locker room too yeah. like last day on set was like 15 weeks probably it was Jesus probably because like God. the all-star games usually in like you know february yeah. around that time so like season summer yeah season probably you know depending on I, I don't remember how far they went that year but like you know finals end in june and then you've got from Somewhere around June we're, until like we're familiar that he wasn't in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around June until like probably you know September, you know because yeah. like season starts in October, so he's probably like 
shooting after that. Yeah, you know, he's probably getting ready, you know, around the end of September getting going ready. into October. Up. <laughs> well, you know, like... <laughs> put on a gold vest yeah well i mean to play basketball you know i mean he's probably getting ready for the season he's probably got you know camp and stuff like that preseason and stuff like that in like september so you know yeah you probably just get him he comes out (laughs) you know like everything's got to be ready because you can't fuck around when Shaq is on set like you gotta like yeah get get everything going so like you can tell that this is a movie that was hastily put together with not a lot of foresight and thought behind it because like what a film i guess i will attempt to do the five minutes i don't even know how this is gonna work but there are actually the the problem is there are actually a bunch of twists and turns in the movies yeah. the problem is none of them amount to shit they don't make <laughs> sense um i guess yeah i mean i don't know are you, are you gonna tie me or should i just go <laughs> just go I'm, what it's 346 now okay okay <laughs> you better be done by 351 hey, all right well so kazam <laughs> Uh, starts out with this incomprehensible shot of like a lamp, yeah, factory or yeah. like warehouse or sure. something. There are lamps. Well, well, th- there is the uh, opening shot that says that says we're in Harlem. Okay, I can see the Adam Clayton Powell building. That is Harlem. Yes, not Harlem. A well, nice skyline shot. Nice, yeah, nice magic hour <laughs> skyline shot that. Turns into the, uh, the rest of the movie for us, <laughs> but uh, apparently this building is being not even knocked down, like yeah, a just like emptied, being empty, but like really just like a wrecking ball hits it. Yep, and that's it. Like they don't demolish the building, and it <laughs> like, knocks over the lamp, and knocks over the lamp, and of course the lamp falls on top of a boombox into which Shaquille O'Neal's genie falls into. Sure, cut to Max. Who Max Connor, who we meet, who is played by Francis Capra, who is a, one of those kids who like, I think he was on a Bronx Tale and like, uh, I think that's true. Some other things. So like, this isn't his first movie, you know his what I mean? Movie, yeah. But like, yeah, he wasn't a Bronx Tale. You're Free right. Willy too. Yeah. Too. So like, he's kind of been. I, people know him. He's got. He's got the tooth. I think he looks like he's fixed the tooth since yeah, then. But he's like, definitely <laughs> fixed that tooth. That tooth is tooth. Snaggling <laughs> right out. But I mean, it's hard to tell because he seems like he's like your typical '90s like bad boy kind of kid. You yeah. know, I mean, all he's missing is the skateboard. Um, but you know, he's kind of roaming the halls and doing all kinds of stuff. But he gets pinned down by like a like a latino gang basically like latino middle schoolers like pin him to the ground and start to spray paint oh, his body I'm sorry just keep going yeah they like spray paint around his body and then stop halfway <laughs> for reasons that don't make sense he kind of leads them on a wild goose chase to get them off of him uh but once they discover that he was fucking with them you know they start chasing him into the same building, same the warehouse. same lamp warehouse building. Sure. Uh, he thinks he's gotten away, but he wasn't looking where he was going. He starts backing up and falls literally five stories. <laughs> That's <a cool> building. <laughs> Down onto, I guess, the softest collection of Cush- old newspaper. And yeah. And like, there's no rats there. There's no random person like sleeping under there or like a stray dog or yeah. like he's just safe uh, at the, but of course, also amongst all this garbage is the boombox at which Shaq was trapped and he unwittingly releases Kazam who 
goes into some of the worst rap. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to. We can, we can't even do the five minutes. Cause yeah, this rap literally needs an investigation. I think who wrote this shit? Well, it, the writers of the movie wrote it. Oh my uh, we'll, God. we'll we'll get into that because you know they seemingly even now there's an oral history about Kazam, and they seem uh. to be like proud of what they did you know what i mean like their their i guess thought process was they were trying to do almost like a broadway-esque like rap fusion and so like Like their their hamilton i guess so and the noise bringing the funk according to them allegedly uh shack like rhythmically only could like fit into a certain pocket and so they tried to write some other things and like it just wasn't working so like they kind of settled into this meter i guess where you know it is kind of like he's rapping but he's rapping like he's got one flow the whole movie he's got one flow the whole movie He's rapping like he's in Cold Crush Brothers. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's he he was this close to my name is Kazan. Name and then man, his, you know, um <laughs> making your wishes <laughs> is the only way. But like he's doing that. He comes out. Ah! Who dare to wake me? Ain't gonna make this a mystery. Don't wanna do time. On your wishes three. Watch it, boy. You don't wanna diss me, or I'll dish out my misery. Now, who's that sorry wannabe that disturbed my seeds? If you wanna be number one, I'm sorry, boy. That's been done. But if you got the itches for a sack of riches, don't matter how avaricious, I'm the man that could grant your wishes. Hey, don't turn your butt on me. I'm the man of the ages. Straight out the pages. Hang on, I'm contagious, outrageous, spontaneous. You can't contain this. I am Kazam. But Kazam is like yo i'm eugenie max like you know great let's get the three wishes out of the way i need to get back in my box you know i don't want to be dealing with this shit and max is like i don't believe you i don't believe any of this like you're just a crazy black man (laughs) (laughs) in pajama pants and i don't want to deal with this we we learn that max is like from a, a broken home his mom and his dad divorced he's got a new firefighting stepdad travis which seems like as a kid would be cool like your dad's a firefighter you a know hero. what i mean like you might be into that he's not into that like uh him. travis is like the most understanding stepdad who's just like He's actually like, yeah, he's never really a full asshole. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He literally saves his life at the end of the movie. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> like, he's very much just like, yeah, like, yeah, let's just take it slow. You know, I, I don't want to rush that. I'm your, you know, I want to yeah, do what's yeah. best for you. I want to let you take this at your pace. You know, Max is like, fuck you. Fuck mom. I, my real dad is my only parent. And like, you know, I, I my my dream is to like meet my real dad and like. 
you know, get back into it. Meanwhile, Kazam is just like following him around and like Being trying goofy. to, yeah, get trying him to, get to Grant, him. which like he, he comes out and Max is like, all right, if you're a genie, give me a car, give me a Jaguar. And like Kazam can't do it for plot reasons that don't yeah for plot reasons for probably for budgetary reasons they're like we can't do that <laughs> we can't even we, literally to have the jaguar on set costs half the budget we can't do that so you know he he can't do that but then later you know he follows max back to his like bmx x games <laughs> warehouse where he's like <laughs> set up like ramps and shit <laughs> and like this abandoned warehouse i don't i mean you could tell me if brooklyn was like this back in 96 where there's just like ample space for children to like create yeah. like tony hawk pro skater type that like. no one was fucking with no one touched it <laughs> but i, I get lights it was electrical in that bitch yeah like he rigged the whole thing up and so kazam comes there and he's like yo just like grant gonna be grant your wishes and they have a bike race off. yeah you know sort of Kazam like turns his bike into like a magic bike and Max is finally like, Whoa, you're our genie. You know, even though for the first twenty minutes of the movie he's like teleporting and shit. Literally like, teleporting in front of his you face. know. What I mean? <laughs> so then he's like, All right, well, I want my like dad and mom to fall in love again. And Kazam is like, Nah, I can't do that shit. Material, not ethereal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I make things happen. I can't do love and other things, but I can get you like anything you want and so max is like i want all the junk food ever and so like in a scene that is probably a production assistance like actual nightmare hell yeah like <laughs> i'm sure people were put into therapy post Definitely. this working on kazam pizza and burgers off the ground <laughs> all afternoon like it just it rains cheeseburgers it rains candy bars pancakes like all kinds of stuff Petulant Max is like, where's my hot chocolate? <laughs> Kazam looks like he wants nerve, to choke him. Had the nerve. <laughs> it literally rained fucking Malamars from the ceiling. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. not enough. Yeah, it was my Nestle uh, <laughs> hot cocoa. Oh, my God. But also, that, also, by the way, he only took a bite of one candy bar. I know. You never saw him like hoard some of it to take home? Like, you would hope that some unhoused people like stumbled upon that warehouse and like had the best night of their Before lives. Before the rats did. <laughs> Before the rats damn. did. That's where the rats from Brooklyn came from. Fucking the Kazam warehouse. Supercharged rats. Just, <laughs> like, yeah, that is, that is a... It's disgusting. That's a PA's nightmare and like a health code it's violation. It's disgusting, sure. <laughs> so... Uh, but from there, he's like, all right, you know, Kazam, like, let's do this. But immediately, his also reaction to this is, I own you, or the words he, he says it. to Kazam. He says the words, I own you. And Shaquille O'Neal is like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you do. <laughs> <laughs> he really said it too. He was like, yeah, you own me. That's fine. So that's what we're dealing with now is that Max owns Kazam. Like they have made it clear <laughs> to Max's master. But Max is like milking it. Like he doesn't want to waste the wishes. He's he's holding on to the wishes. And so he for, like again. For plot reasons. Yeah. Serendipity just is able to look up where his dad is. He because saw the divorce papers. Yeah. So he gets an address. He goes there the worst security at this club like he's in there he just walks in there he's walking around <laughs> he's spying on his dad who apparently is like in with 
like a criminal bootlegging operation. Like I'm not quite sure what is happening. They also, but they also make music. Yeah. So they be bootlegging, but they also got a club. I mean, it's some Grand Theft Auto rules. It's right. Like, I got a club, but also I do dirt on the low. Yeah, it's owned by uh, Malik, who is like the most stereotypical Middle Eastern man. You know what I mean? My like, man is just like mean and Arab. That's yeah. All. If they could have like covered him in grease, I think they would have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they were really going for I mean, it. You Boy, it was eating uh, Nubian goat eyes. Yeah, in the in the limo. Yeah, guzzling them down. Yeah, like he couldn't get enough of them. So, but yeah, that seems to be the plan. So like Max's dad is like in on this operation, meets Max, doesn't recognize Max. That ain't my son. Kicks Ma- him. Mari like, action. Walks right by him. Right. Max is kind of like heartbroken, but like is still determined. You know, he goes home. He's like, Travis, you're not my real dad. Mom, I hate you. I'm going to be a music promoter, yeah, I guess. promote music? That, that'll show them I'll be a club promoter. I don't really like he's 12 years old talking about getting a job in a club. Right. It right. doesn't I'll really... work at the club with my dad or I'll make music or maybe something. He just says, yeah. cause he literally does just say stuff. Yeah. There. He's like, I'll promote music. I'll do whatever, but there's a lot of stuff. So like the rest of the movie, Kazam, you know, we're getting some goofy Kazam antics. He's like taking a shower in the, in the middle room. of his bedroom. He becomes like part of the like, uh, star map that Max put on his, you yeah. know, Again, we got to talk about Max's room and home in this apartment because, like, mom must be making six great. figures. They're doing. There's great. no way he's living even in Brooklyn in '96. Brooklyn in the <laughs> '90s, he is doing. He above had a average. full. His room is about the size of the living room in my apartment. Easily, you know what I mean. Easily, he has space to go and walk around. He's his got bed a full closet. And make things. He's got a full size bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he is living a pretty great life. He's got room in his room to hang his bike up. He wants for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he wants for nothing. So, but but what he really wants, though, is to be reconnected with his dad. With his dad. And get back with his family. Yep. Bring his family back together. So, he manages to sneak back in the club. I think not before we get this rest. So, let's look at the we we genie lyrics oh um because we have a we have a scene here where we get i guess the kazam backstory yeah this is this is all the exposition behind where kazam came from and i guess in (laughs) maybe like one of the craziest exchanges i've ever heard in a kid's movie kazam admits to pompeii oh yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> like admits that he was the responsible yep. party if like he made Mount Vesuvius explode. And then yep. Max asks him, well, what's the worst thing you've ever done? That, oh, that is I the worst. I, I destroyed a civilization, <laughs> but. Genocide. Like I killed hundreds of people under a layer of ash to the point in which they were like preserved. Yeah. In said ash. <laughs> For hundreds of years. But what's the worst thing you've what's ever done? What's the worst you've ever done? No. You, but you ever cheat on the test? Or like, you know? <laughs> I don't know if that's really bad, Kazam, but <laughs> what's the worst thing you've ever Anyways, done? Anyways, uh, so, k can you read some of these lyrics for us? And oh, can you geez. do it in Shaq's voice? Okay. Okay, here we go. My name is Kazam. I got the whole plan. So listen to the man, because I'm the sultan of sand. Ha ha. 
And this is like a like a routine. Like him and Max are like rapping. Yeah, they're rapping back and forth. It turns into like again some weird like off Broadway production. It's a musical number. Yeah, and like because Max goes, "Is that it? Is that the whole deal? You want to be a hit? You better get real." <laughs> it's it's terrible. And then cons- can then consents to uh, a genocide <laughs> that he committed. Yeah. <laughs> It's terrible, but so basically what we learned is that Kazam was, like, a regular dude who, like, was, like... Had a friend. Yeah, and I think was trying to, like, sleep with some women Yeah, that were, like, yeah. with the Sultan. A Sultan. I don't know where. They talk about their Euphrates. I'm not quite sure. And that those babies had rabies, and we uh, was in Hades. God. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But... I, he made some kind of deal. Yeah, he made a deal with his friend Haber. And, and then they were turned into genie, and they both look at each other and say, We genie. We genie. <laughs> uh, I can't hear you. What are we? We, we genie. genie. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal is screaming these lyrics. Like, there is never a point in this he, movie in which he is actually rapping in a voice that is like below. The highest decibel level. He's screaming so loud that, what, I would say 40% of his dialogue in the movie is 80 yard. Yes. And also, <laughs> like, there's a weird thing they try to do, because he's not like Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? Like, no. people can see Kazam. Yeah, my nigga's out here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, they are just in an abandoned, like, alleyway. Yep. Like, abandoned lot, doing this whole rap number routine where they're like changing costumes and like there's a set pieces uh fancy silks that come in and so like somebody's just walking down a brooklyn street looking into an alleyway and like this shit is happening you you would think you had (laughs) smoked a joint which would have gotten you locked up back in the day but but shaquille o'neal never like never at any point in this movie is anybody like who's this nigga Who's this large? Not a single person <laughs> except for the one guy who's like, hey, I dig the big I dig the big guy shtick that you're doing here. Yeah. Not a single soul in this movie sees him dressed the way he's dressed. Seven foot two. Seven foot two with like magic coming out of his full <laughs> fingers. And people are just like, look, literally there it is in the trailer. He's yeah. like hiding behind light poles. You know what I mean? And people are not saying, what's this seven foot man doing hiding behind a light pole? Or like walking around with this four foot white child. And they're the only people that are talking to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we see Shaq. He he gets – Max finally gets into the club. His dad, I guess, finally recognizes him because he says his last name. <laughs> and his dad was Jesus. like, oh, you're my son. That's not the only time, by the way, that that happens in the movie that somebody <laughs> automatically knows their last name and is just like, oh, that person. Yes, so then the dad is like, whoa, I love you, son. Like, listen to this bad 90s music. I think that we were looking at the um, the soundtrack yes. in the credits afterwards, and there is a Backstreet Boys song, and I think that's the song that he's playing. Huh? That's oh, is a Backstreet Boys song. That's the song that they're listening to. Well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just so you know, Backstreet Boys are now that music that is being uh, fought over by – People of low moral standing, how about to say? Well, so here's the thing, though. DeBrat shows up. Because DeBrat's there. And, <laughs> and so Max gets to meet DeBrat. She never comes back. No, she's just Nor there. raps. 
she just shows. I was telling you that this was a trend that in those yeah. in movies of the nineties. It's literally like the brat here in Kazan. We got uh, what Queen Latifah in Juice. Yeah. Uh, we got in Pootie Tang, a movie that we both love. Oh, we got yeah. Missy Elliott shows up for five But the seconds. thing, like, Missy has a song in Pootie Tang. Vanilla Ice has a song in Vanilla Ice has Ninja a Turtles song too. in Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Return of the Ooze. Return of the Ooze. <laughs> Go Ninja. Uh, and then, most infamously, we're talking about Digital Underground and Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> Which features Tupac when he was a part of Digital Underground, and they have they do a full they do the entirety of All Around the World, the whole song, and then have speaking lines. You know what I mean? Like Tupac gets some lines. That's legacy. Humpty bro. gets some lines. You know what I mean? That's legacy. <laughs> so the brat just basically is like, "What's up? Oh, oh hey <laughs> yeah, Max. No. Hey, what up, little Max?" <laughs> That's and that's it. Says. I hope I hope she got a check. And she, yes, she <laughs> drove away in check. a limo and <laughs> never looked back. Um, but then it, it seems like their plan is to record a a Spinderella concert. Yes, which Spinderella is doing. Like it's it's very clear that none of the people rapping had any hand in the raps in writing the raps because Spinderella. You know what I mean? Like talented, talented. Yes, and I don't, I don't think she... Can we find the Spinderella song? Because she says something in that song that I was like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? As Romeo said before Juliet, before your friends will have a sex test. Mm, I don't know. He's kind of making me sweat. I got your sweat. Look in this mess, Lane. And if you girls are hungry, let's green egg and ham it. It's it's a lot of just like right, like I think the people who made this movie think hip hop is one like literal poetry, right? And like in that are just like it doesn't have to make sense. I just have to get to the next couplet. But basically what happens like Spinderella sees Shaq <laughs> like in the crowd and is like yeah. you you rap now you perform with me and so like some random woman hands Shaq a mic and he doesn't even hand him the mic puts the mic in front of his face and he starts rapping and Shaq's raps are genie based everything he's rapping about is about being a genie <laughs> you know what I mean to and, the, and about his plight and about the fact that he's got to get back in the box yeah like what, what what was the opening line in one of them like like a premature oh, burial like a, like a premature burial yeah. stuck in the box stuck like, in the a... box like a premature burial that's the first line in the rap that's out the gate it's just like what is happening it's definitely reminiscent of the rick and morty episode where yeah. uh, rick is tiny rick and literally talking about i mentioned to get out of my body yeah. i'm in my tiny body help me it's like what are we doing here because i i don't know if these are like a cry for help and everybody's right. like yeah but everybody's going go genie go genie go so he's yeah he's doing these crazy raps he meets a woman called asia moon asian moon asia moon uh, who looks like she's straight out of Purple Rain. And she's some kind of like honeypot figure who's supposed to right. like entrap Shaq into she en- like. She entraps him, but it's like, it's all good. They all just want to be together. They just want to be together. Yeah. She works for Malik, who's the owner of the club. Yep. And I guess like she's, 
Kazam's boombox explodes, <laughs> explodes like fireworks and shoots gold out. And there's like some tiny spark. Also, there's a scene between Malik and like the horniest woman. <laughs> My God. No, that's when he sees the gold, he's having a conversation with the horniest white woman ever. And I can't tell if she's like an escort or if she's, she's like. She's horny for business. She's not even horny for like him. She's like, oh my God, this club is worth so much. Like, yeah. Tell yeah. me about the money that the club know, makes. And the things that we could do together. We could yeah, definitely yeah. make something happen. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, whoa, okay, and left turn. This, this woman is dripping next to him. <laughs> meanwhile, like some gold shoots out and Malik's like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> just trying to grab it in a comical fashion. But I get... I, it's very unclear how the connection is made, but Malik is automatically like, this nigga's a genie. Boom. Yeah, he sees it. He's like, I see potential. This nigga is literally magic. I have to get I have him. have to have him. Yes. And so they're, they're going back and forth trying to do that. For some reason, like, Max makes a deal with the bullies that beat him up to, like, help them steal the tape. The demo tape for the Spinderella song. Which is allegedly worth, worth a million dollars. A million dollars. <laughs> he even says it to a million dollars. Which is like, like, I was like, if Spinderella knew that. Wouldn't she be? Like, what's something? she doing? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Why didn't she leave with the tape? <laughs> but anyways. It seems to be her song. Max, like, gets it's the. music industry commentary, I guess. <laughs> I Max helps the bullies steal the, the tape. tape. I guess an attempt There's a shootout. to There's like a shootout. Not too. even like they just like 13, uh, like five 13 year old Latino teenagers <laughs> steal a tape from like the alleged gangsters. Yeah. The, <laughs> the office at a nightclub run by gangsters. They weren't yeah, able to get it. They just run up and just take it Smack out of somebody's some hands. Adults. Yeah. And then leave. Tape. So now Max's dad is in trouble. He's going to be threatened to be killed. Max, is like you know still hates his mom and travis and like wants to he still got time to be a brat yeah wants to make things better and so like he again like demands kazam like make his mom and dad fall in love again kazam was like i i already told you i can't do that shit also i gotta go back on stage and rap now um, I got a taste for this music and I got yeah, a taste for this music you know, business. I love it. Which is also like very confusing because Kazam allegedly has been in a lamp and then a boombox. How does he know A what rap is? How do you know how does he know what it is? And B as an art form. Yeah, like the fact that he now all of a sudden is like, This is all I want to do with my genie life. Is he literally like, came out the box and was like Fuck all these wish given bullshit. Yeah. I need to rap. I need to rap. I need the streets <laughs> need these bars that don't make sense. Okay. He is like and he's the struggling struggle rapper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my nigga is like Talib knocking on the doors at Rockus Records, like, yo, here yeah. it is. I got the tape. It's gonna change your life. Handing out demos on the club. Uh, he's Kanye. He's Kanye in the Genius <laughs> documentary, just at Rockefeller. Like, yo, y'all gonna get this yeah, Jesus walk? Yeah, I got this cool genie act. <laughs> <laughs> Hear these genie bars? These uh, genie bars. But so the, put me back in my box. The <laughs> movie ultimately culminates with. I know we're way over five minutes. The movie culminates yeah, with. It was Shaq is performing. Max like. There's a falling out. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of falling out. And before, like, Max, his dad figures out that Max had something to do with stealing the tape because he yes. got the shit beat out of him. And, like, basically, yeah, kidnaps Max from school. Yes, shows up to Max's <laughs> school, 
kidnaps him. Well, Max voluntarily gets in the car, but it is yeah, full on kidnapping. It yeah. is full on kidnapping, regardless. Yeah, the mom is like, I'm going to call the there. cops. Yeah. And she tries to like even run up to the car and says, Max, get out of the car. He's like, no, I want to go hang out with my real dad. And then like two Max minutes later, Travis. he's like crying in the car because his dad is like, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, and then dad pulls off and is like, what the fuck happened to the tape, little nigga? And he's like, don't scream at me, dad. I love you. <laughs> in the like whip crack like just yeah literally whiplash from like the emotions in this scene like literally i want to be with my dad to sorry i'm so sorry don't fight me don't hit me and you know like previously he he wished for kazam to give him the tape in the second act the second act is the second wish by the way this movie is like so cookie cutter yeah it's literally the first act ends with the first wish yeah which is for junk food and the second act ends with the second wish which is my dad uh i wish he had the tape yeah and so he's able to summon it i guess from like his yeah he gets the tape back kazam is sloppy kazam is sloppy but also like very strangely concerned with like max's like moral well-being yes. you know what i mean yes. like he's like Oh, I don't want you to waste your wish. Let's just go and get the tape from you know the. the and it's we like we could just go do that with my magic. Yeah, but he's like doing magical shit for Max, like without anyway. without without wishes, which is just like he shows up with pizzas. Yeah, get just get your three wishes out the way and be out. Like I don't you could literally help him and get back in your box. All the yeah, time. We can, but I guess he's a rapper now. Forty minute mark though. Yeah, he but he's got a career now. He can't really. You don't want to go back he in the box. Taste, he got a taste for yeah, his got, sweet lady. He got a taste of that Asian <laughs> moon. Uh, and so <laughs> <laughs> Max gives the tape back to his dad, and then and then his dad regrets like crying or trying to beat him in the car. Yeah, but then Max's dad like ends up getting the shit beat out of him again, again. anyways because Malik is like fuck the tape i really want the genie i want the genie and so like he steals the boom box, boom box. he pushes max down an elevator, elevator shaft. shaft so this is the second time second time he's fallen multiple stories and i guess it's just fine but this time no this time he died oh he, he did died. die yeah that's true he died um so max is dead and <laughs> malik is like got the boom box and he's telling Shaq that he's Getting gonna like <laughs> a lot of talk about owning Shaquille O'Neal in this movie. <laughs> oh, it's, it feels like a trade dispute, honestly. <laughs> and uh, like Shaq starts to like fade away. I guess he's going back in the box, but his love of Max is too strong. Oh hell yeah! He rematerializes. He Shaq foods everybody. Uh, <laughs> he, he beats the shit out of everyone, and he then like kills everybody. The Malik is like taunting him because he's like, I'm your master. You can't hurt me. And Shag is like, fuck that. I'm literally going to turn you into a basketball <laughs> and dunk you. you down an air shaft. <laughs> and so he like squeezes Malik he into squeezes him like a cartoon, like a fucking Wally Coyote. Into like a like a big ass. But he dribbles him. He dribbles him like twice. a couple times. He follows the rules. And then steps one, two, and then the shot. Dunks him. Luckily, doesn't get fouled. So he doesn't have to shoot free throws. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes and finds Max's corpse at the bottom of the elevator shaft. And does we we we, we might put the audio in here, but Cameron, the audio's can, good. Can no the the clip of the saddest I am Kazam. Oh, yeah, we, but if we can't, can you do can you do your Kazam? I'm Kazam. He's just so sad. <laughs> he that his little like friend a, is dead. Like, I am Groot. It's kind of like <laughs> I am Groot. He's like, but it's the sad I am Groot. He's like, I am Kazam. And he that died. brings back. I am. I am shocked that it wasn't like a single tear 
that landed on Max that like you brought him back from that. Yeah. I actually did. <laughs> this is Cameron stories in Hollywood. I did a Ray Ban commercial, and I swear to God, they wanted a single tear oh boy. to drop at a specific moment. They wanted the to see the reflection okay. of the subway yeah. in the Ray Bans, but also a single tear would drop at the exact same time. So you know what they did? They had this little contraption that was filled with menthol and oh, the man. makeup lady blew it in my eye <laughs> like <laughs> pre-covid now <laughs> like blowing directly into my eye and through this menthol contraption and then it produces tears so like literally they would be like okay the subway's passing by and three two one and i would cry every time uh, they could have did that but you ain't denzel though denzel got that one tear i didn't uh, get a uh, denzel size <laughs> check <laughs> Denzel got the one tear off sheer will. <laughs> sheer, just the memory of the ancestors flowing through him. <laughs> they couldn't do that for Shazam. Yeah, for Kazam, yeah, yeah. They could, Shaq didn't have that in him. Shaq um, didn't have it in him on the day. Uh, but Max, he he brings back back to life uh, because, as he explains, just randomly, unprompted. In the second act, that he is genie, not Jin. Not Jin. We do have to make this specific. Jin are specific. free genies who can just do whatever they want. They can do uh, ethereal stuff. They yeah. can do like love, free will, bring people back to life, bring which which Kazam does, brings Max back to life. And so he's elevated now. He's, and he's then, a Jedi now. Yeah, and then like they cut to two times, and this I don't know if it's because it's like Shaq's resting face. Which is just Yo, like, the, <laughs> the CGI on this sequence is abominable. Just, yeah. it, can you explain it? Because they I don't cut know. to dead-eyed Shaq, <laughs> like dead-eyed, like dead emotionless, dead Shaq, and they literally just did a gold filter over it. And then he grows like twenty times. Yeah, and he's like a giant. And then and Max lifts off the ground. Yeah. Well, then because then it, like yeah, they yeah, cut let's to go like through this because this is straight. He grow he grows to like twenty times his own size. He's like twenty feet tall. And then he day. grows and then he turns into like Zordon head from legit Zordon <laughs> head. That's the best from Power Rangers. And Max is like, "What's happening?" And Kazam is like, "Oh, I'm free now. I'm Jen. free." And Max is like, "Fuck that." I own no, you. No, you he, cannot be free. What do you mean you're free? I own that ass. Yeah, get I back over here. You know what I mean? Me more chocolate cake. I didn't get my last wish, and Kazam was like, "Yeah, you did. Like your your dad has a second chance." He's, he's like, literally explaining this while he's turning into Jin. By the way, yeah, and Max is still like, "No, no, fuck nigga. that. I own you. <laughs> I own you. I didn't sign your freedom papers. Get you... back in the box, Kazam." <laughs> uh, but like Max. It's it's all it doesn't make any sense. Max lifts off the ground and floats into the giant Kazam head. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we're just telling you what we saw, y'all. We're we're literally just conveying what we saw. And then but like Travis is there, the firefighter stepdad, and like catches him. He caught him. He happened to be at the bottom of the elevator. Yeah. Shaft. And so like rescues him, brings him out the building. So wait, they explain it. So then they legitimize Max being alive twice. Yeah. Because he fell down the elevator shaft. He died. He did die. He dead. He's dead. But Kazam turned into Jin and brought Brian, Max Brian back, back to, to life. life. But Travis also caught him. Yeah, Travis got to be the hero. Uh, brings him out. I'm sure mom is very impressed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Travis>. <laughs> uh, but they... <laughs> 
their their family gets back together, and Nick's, then the horny lady from uh, <laughs> from the from the club saw the other dad, so everybody yeah. was happily ever after. Well, other dad comes in, Nick yeah, comes he, in. He's, uh, he's he survived the fire. Yeah, he's just like I don't know what happened. I you know I I was tied up and then I was free. Uh, yeah, something about second chances. So he gets a second chance, but the second chance oh, turns man. out to be the NYPD because they show up. <laughs> And arrest him immediately. (laughs) But not before he tells the NYPD to shush for a second while he's talking to my son. Talking to my goddamn son. (laughs) And says, I'm "I'm, a white man, sir. I'm going to come and see you when he's really about to get 25 to life. Like, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see Nick again. That's definitely not before he's middle aged. Yeah. So there's that that happens and then like they're walking on the street and max finds just a hot chocolate in the middle of a new york city street picks, picks it, up. it up his mom does not <laughs> slap it out of his hand <laughs> <laughs> and like turns to see kazam and asia moon walking down the street kazam looks like tyrese and baby boy like he's got like a wife beater and like some khakis on it literally might as well be a shot out of purple yeah it's kazam and asia moon like walking down the block asia moon's talking about you ain't got no responsibilities but uh uh live out all your days and die with me yeah you better get a job get a job nigga and she's like i am a fucking I can literally do anything. Why do you want me to work at Radio Shack? I can do. Why are you trying to squander my potential Asian moon? I'm a rapper. That ain't gonna last. Um, But that's that's because that's because bro. Sorry that took so long, but what a movie! Y'all got to see this movie like we saw. Um, But I guess we need to get into the the central conversation, which is: Is this a white savior movie? Before I was not convinced, but now it's black and white. It's pretty plain as day. (laughs) He literally, I mean. Brent was right. He does save Max him, saves him, and grants him his freedom. His freedom, but also again, there's lots of talk about I own you. Uh, he went from owning him to freeing him. So it's like it's literally like uh, the slave masters on the plantations, right around when the <laughs> the amendment came around, right around when the Emancipation Proclamation happened. And Malik is I like, I own you now. I, I I free you. Malik was like, you're going to be my slave. And Shaq was like, I am nobody's. Well, I'll never I'll never be your slave. He said, I am Kazam. Right. Like he said, I'll never be your slave. He didn't say I'll never be a slave, just not your slave. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm picking up what you're putting down. (laughs) So there's just a lot. It's just a lot of weird stuff. I mean, I think like. But just as messy as the plot is, are like the rules by which the movie plays. Because. Like what we said, Kazam can't show his magic to anybody, but he literally turns into a pizza man in front of somebody. He's he, doing a full Broadway show in the middle of a goddamn alley. They did a, yeah, they, <laughs> they both knew the lyrics. That was magic. People were could. I mean, like we said, he's not Beetlejuice. Like he's not like an imaginary friend or like the rules are only Max can see him. Yeah. Or like pe- he comes in his boombox shot sparks out. That's magic. I can't do that. shit. He shows up behind Max's mom in their apartment dressed like he's gonna go to mosque you know what i mean like oh, he's his got middle name was uh the founder of the first settlement for free blacks yes so... he is in like <laughs> suspenders and a bow tie is woke. he's suspenders and a bow tie and glasses and glasses you know what i mean 
And My nigga was Kazam X. <laughs> <laughs> In a white woman's apartment. Yeah, Malik Ali Kazam. Uh, <laughs> he, but like, he Not should. funny. That's fucked up. I'm going to get my ass beat. If I ever walk through Newark again, I'm going to get my ass beat. <laughs> he shows up. <laughs> He shows up and he's just like, you know what I mean? Like he's just doing like he's sh- he's making the French toast fly while the mom is like turned around. Like, so he's doing his magic. Yeah. On the Lolo. He, it's not like he can't do it. Yes. And it's just like he's he, a magical Negro. He is the magicalist Negro. Like, you know what I mean? He's out here doing all kinds of things. But it's very confusing because it's clear they were just like, we need to keep this movie going. So we need to come up with reasons why Kazam just ate. A, why Max just doesn't wish for things and why Kazam doesn't just grant we wishes. You know what I mean? Like, in the beginning, it's because his magic is, like, rusty. I don't know if that's, like, a performance, you know, like, issue yeah, joke. When he comes <laughs> out, he's trying to do the thing. He's trying to do the Jaguar. Yeah. But then when Max turns around, the magic comes out of his fingers, but then ends up, like, poofing himself. Yeah. That didn't make sense. That didn't make sense. <laughs> and that's the only time you ever see like stuff come out of his fingers for real. For real. Yeah. Later on, when Max wants the tape, he's just like, oh, don't waste a wish. Which is like, why do you care? But then the <laughs> tape just manifests. So there's no real magic. It's just like, nigga, it was in your backpack. Or check your... Yeah. He could, he literally like a third rate magician be like, yeah, look in your backpack. Right. And then like... Just your card. They, <laughs> the third wish is just like automatically granted like max doesn't even like he just grants a wish that was previously wished for that he said he couldn't do and now he can the logic of the third wish does not hold up no it does not hold up because literally it's like a thing where like you made your third wish i am made human but yeah. also like you're floating into my body <laughs> like so much is happening well like did you uh, i mean this 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 we might have to cut this we'll see did you see thor the newest thor i did just see the new thor okay so- i saw it day opening day okay so if you haven't seen the newest thor skip ahead uh, yeah skip ahead we might cut this but it's the same problem i had with the newest <laughs> thor and that like they'll oh, talk about it in the end of the movie gore yes. wishes for his daughter to come back like he gets one wish ray j right. style and <laughs> like wishes for his daughter to come back but it's like if you could wish for anything, anything. why not wish to live forever with your daughter. It's right there on his face, bro. And he was, like, literally thirsty in the desert. You know he thought that. Yeah. At least once. Like, they they formed it as some binary of, like, you can either wish for all the gods to die. Right. Or you can wish for your daughter's life. When it's like, who said those are the rules? Like, why can't you? I'm gore. I got, I'm a god now. I can yeah. do that stuff. I know there's probably like limitations of like, you know, you probably can't phrase it in a way where you're wishing for like four things in one wish. But like, I wish I wish me and my daughter could live together forever. Sure. That's a perfectly reasonable wish. Especially. Yeah, right. I saw the first act of this movie. I it seems like a thing you would want. Isn't that what he actually wants? You know what I mean? Like, why would he want his daughter to live with Thor? That's literally the reason the movie goes. (laughs) Literally the driving force from the movie. That doesn't make sense. Like, that was just such a... I know why they did it, but it's We all know why they did it. Yeah, but it's just like... (laughs) Not even how was that earned, but like, in what way would Gore now think that's a good idea? Right. Like, what about Thor makes you think that your daughter should live After, like, slaughtering gods and stealing children. Yeah. That's the thing that... So, you know, similar 
to this where it's just like Max's wish is to give his dad a second chance, but it doesn't happen like that because his dad automatically gets arrested. Gets arrested. So maybe that, but it goes to jail. Is that supposed to be? Is that what you're supposed to interpret as his second chance? Is that he he's a good guy now? Well, because or he's, a, he's a guy who wouldn't run out on his son. You know what I mean? I don't like, know, but like second morals. chance, he like has morals. I mean, because they almost framed it as if he died. And so he like came back to life or something like yeah because you sort of don't know what happened to him in yeah, the fire but his, like his second chance is like I'm alive again you know what I mean <laughs> but it's like you know because I th- what it sounded like to me sure. from Max's intention was that like and my parents get back together and right. we live together yeah instead of like Travis yeah <laughs> instead of <laughs> Travis but also like. Yeah, what I what I want is my dad in my life. But what's about to happen is his dad is about to go to jail. Jail for, for a long time. Yeah. Not I mean the way that he sets it up is like he's talking about it like he's got a laundry list of charges that they just been waiting to put on his ass. And that, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. They write him a lot of charges. You know what I mean? So it's it don't sound like he was just like bootlegging, like it sounds like he has some other shit going on. Uh that like I don't because that was the thing. I thought it was going to be a situation where it's like his dad is now free of that life. Like, yeah, you know, that's like what I assumed. Was all, all his debts have been repaid. Like he's right. you know free to go. But and, instantly know. they say, I got I owe a lot of people. I got to go to jail. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's just like, so what? What just got granted? <laughs> How did that work? Because, you know, I mean, like, yeah, because the, the root of the movie is that broken homes make sad kids. Right. Yeah. So then if you go to jail, bro, that's called a broken home. Yeah. That's not bringing your family back together. At any all. What, semblance of and, opposite sides of the visitation room. And Kazam is very much so like peace nigga i <laughs> he is walking away gone. that is the back of his head at the end of that movie I'm never gonna see me again <laughs> I'm gonna be, I, me and asia moon gonna get I'm gonna a like, condo let's have some Manhattan. gym babies yep. you know what i mean like this <laughs> some is, genie baby <laughs> we are out and so have you seen have you seen asia moon <laughs> he's looking at max have you seen asia moon you better leave me alone with this bullshit all right <laughs> so it's not i mean i guess in theory you know like Shaq can do whatever. Whatever. He's free. He he has So he can grant unlimited will, wishes and do all kinds of shit. Because but he's still a magic Yeah. Magic guy. But he posited it as Max's he literally says, Max, you are my first and only friend in five thousand years. And then he's also your master. Your master is not your friend. Read mm, the books. Well, you know what I mean? Open, talk open to mind. yeah, talk to Bell Hooks, Audrey Lord, they'll tell you. <laughs> you cannot you shit. cannot make friends with the master. <laughs> but like it's such a bizarre ending to the movie because it's like they made it, they make this big deal of like them being friends. And then it really feels like I will never see like you can't, cause you can't like call, <laughs> you know, there's like a, a running theme of like Max is in trouble and he calls for Kazam and like, and Kazam's like ear will buzz or he's like, I got other responsibilities. Yeah. And like one of, one of them will teleport to the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the, that was so thin in this movie. Can yeah. I tell you? Like, I didn't understand that that was the power until the third time they used it. But that's not happening now. If Kazam is like out, you know, at the beach with Asia Moon and he's like, Kazam, oh, no. you will not hear from me. Kazam, he's if turning- my girlfriend was Asia Moon, <laughs> it's a wrap for all of my other friends. 
Kazam's gonna call the client, <laughs> turn the Bluetooth off. Uh, yep. I don't. You, I would literally, I will see his name come up <laughs> on my cell phone. I will do, send that call to the voicemail. <laughs> Too busy with you have my reached Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kazam. You have reached Kazam. <laughs> You gotta sit through like a fucking voicemail rap. <laughs> I'm Kazam and I love to sleep. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna wish, leave your name at the beat. And I would, just, I would never call Kazam. That's a, that's a white people won't save your original, and that was better than the bars we had to hear in this fucking movie. I will find some of those lyrics and post them because we, they are yeah, insane, atrocious, and they're like all non sequiturs. They're just yeah. like, I'm a genie. Mm. You know what I love? Beanies. Mm. I'm like. So, I think yeah. Let's 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 wrap up Max because I think Max like yes is, is a white savior. Like not only does he literally free Kazam <laughs> from five thousand years of in, in slavery and imprisonment, <laughs> but then like Kazam like because like everything that Kazam has. Yeah. Is because of Max. Like he meets Asian Moon because of Max. He starts a burgeoning rap career because of Max. Yep. Like Max got him into the club. Yeah. Like if it wasn't a, for a Max, child got him <laughs> into the club. If it wasn't for Max, like he wouldn't have any of the things that he ends up having at the end of the movie. No, not at all. And so, like you know, he was a, a an unhappy genie, you know, living in various objects, murdering people at Pompeii. I guess, and like you know, this little white child like grants him the wishes that he's always he grants him the ultimate wish, you know, gives him the power to free himself. Uh, and <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You're saying that Kazam Max is Kazam's Elijah Muhammad? Yes, gave him the tools to free his mind. Because the only reason Kazam becomes Jin is because he has such a strong love of Max. The Honorable Max Collins. <laughs> now you can't go back. I didn't, I didn't do that. That was you. But, <laughs> um, but Max, yes, Max does make Kazam believe in himself and like, you know, overcome whatever is keeping him from becoming Jin and like turns him into like the the supreme version of himself so it is just like this very strange like i know i know so i mean i think this will kind of lead us into the making of the movie like i don't believe that any of this is intentional like i think that i do i do but even goofing on that stupid uh i it does not none of it feels intentional honestly not even the whole like rapping thing like the rap and yeah. urban uh the urban plight thing because it yeah it all feels like things that either max would see yeah like if he lived in brooklyn right if he lived up in bushwick or somewhere or whatever like white people honestly think rap is <laughs> yeah you know rap and like urban decay that's what they think it was probably in the 90s well let's let's talk about a few things right Like we were saying before, this is the Paul Michael Glazer film. This joint. The, <laughs> this movie again. The pre, the pre production kind of came together in like a rush, right? But I guess this is just the. 
I don't know, dog. I guess this is the Paul Michael Glazer like theme that's gonna run through. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got any more movies of his to do, but like when we did the Arab there, we yep. we had an oral history or like a what happened to the star of that movie, and it was a very sad story yes. about him kind of like being down and out, going back to Africa, uh, you know, like after trying and trying to make the NBA or play professionally and like he's got a drinking problem and you know, all kinds of other things. Money gone. And- Get ready for another sad story. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> because here's the deal. Paul Michael Glazer, right, again, he's from Starsky and Hutch. He's Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. He's Starsky. Uh, he, <clears throat> you know, had a lot of success as an actor and then kind of transitioned into being a director uh, specifically for, you know, like Running Man and Cutting Edge. And mm-hmm. then he does the Arab there, right? Um, at a certain point in the 80s, uh, you know, his wife got into an accident of some kind oh. and, like, got a blood transfusion. And basically, like, because AIDS had just become a thing, like, people weren't really checking the blood, the blood that they were getting. And so she gets a blood transfusion uh, by somebody who had had AIDS. And, like, I think, well, no, it wasn't an accident. I think it was was during her pregnancy. Like, she needed a blood transfusion. And so, like, she contracts AIDS. Right. And their two sons also, you know, are are born uh, with AIDS, positive with AIDS. And so, like, one of the kids dies uh, early in their life. And then later, the wife dies, um, you know, like sometime in the 80s before the 90s. And so, like, dark times for Paul Glazer. Um, You know, his one son is, is, you know, alive and, you know, they're doing all right. But, you know, not, I mean, he's not in a great place. Yeah. and so, like, he's looking to get back into directing and doing stuff and kind of more or less, like, it sounds like he wants to throw himself into a project and not think about <laughs> what's going on, right? Yeah. The writers for the movie, right, Roger Sofer, Christian Ford, they don't have any credits before Shazam or Kazam. Right. I'm going to keep calling it Shazam. (laughs) They don't have any credits before Kazam. Yeah. And they like, and kind of what you know about like a lot of Hollywood situations, like I don't think they had a blacklist script, but they had a script that wasn't produced that, you know, made its rounds and people were like, oh, that sounds great. And then you can take that script and you can literally like do whatever you want to that script. Yeah. And bring it up to production level. Right. Well, but this was a script that like it never got made, it never got produced, but people were like it was exciting enough or like interesting enough that people wanted to take meetings with them and like talk to them. Okay. And so they got put onto the never made Ninja Turtles four film, which was gonna be called The Next Mutation, in which the Ninja Turtles had another mutation and got like powers of some sort. Okay. And it was gonna you know, the third one was not financially successful. It's not Successful uh, as a movie, yeah, and like it's actually it's funny enough. I I've seen that one the most, so oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Turtles uh, of Time, or whatever. Yeah, yeah Japan. Uh, Kevin Eastman, one of the creators of Ninja Turtles, was also having like a beef with the other guy who helped create Ninja Turtles, and so like the whole thing just tanked and went down. Yeah. Um, but you know their names were still around, and people were talking about stuff, and so what movie do they do get put onto? Is Kazam. So this is the first movie they've ever written. 
that gets like made and produced and like has all this traction going to it. Congratulations. The way that they describe it in the oral history is like just a real frantic uh, <laughs> situation in which like Paul Michael Glazer is more or less you know, the easiest to frame it is kind of manic. Like he's like they're writing with him and you know like sometimes they'll have to cut stuff and he'll just break down crying and like you know they're having to kind of like be the intermediaries between him and the studio and mm -hmm. like figure all this stuff out so i mean these are you know two young guys who are just trying to like make a movie <laughs> and they're and having, they got this, like, manic director. having to deal with all this other stuff paul michael glazer has all these ideas for the movie and again, like he's dealing with some dark stuff and you can kind of see how it seeps its way into the film Yeah, where it is kind of like, here's a wish fulfillment for a kid who doesn't have a dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, it, it never is. You, you, you watch movies like this and you hear situations like that and then you can see it. But it's, yeah. it's, it, it never doesn't happen. No. You always think somebody can be creative. What's the word objectively? Yeah. Never happens. Never. Um, so, you know, the studio is like, we've got a movie with Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make this a big, fun family thing. And, like, there's just a lot of back and forth, you know. Apparently, at one point, everybody got fired. And then the next day, they got rehired because there wasn't enough time to hire anybody else. And they had to make the movie. So, oh, like, God. you know, there's just all this stuff. Um, but... Yeah, like when you when you hear about the behind the scenes of it, what it sounds like more than anything was like this was just a movie that was not necessarily doomed from the start, but like n not a lot of thought put into it, not a lot of time to develop it, very rushed, had to just get a lot of stuff going and like they probably didn't have a lot of time to like cut, refilm, reshoot, oh, yeah, no. you know what I mean, like the shot was the shot. We got to get yeah, the next Yeah, whatever shot. happens, happens. You know what I mean? So, like, right. um, it's only, like, an hour and a half, but, like, it's it's the kind of movie that you watch and you're just very much, like, how did this get made? Like, how was this a thing that anybody thought was a good idea? Yeah. Sha Shaquille O'Neal famously has no regrets. Uh, you know? Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> got $7 million to tell you about the $7 million every single time that anybody asks him about the movie. He has said that he loved to make Kazam 2. I'll make it any day. Uh, Whenever you say so. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it's it's also interesting to note that the uh, the kid um, who played Max. Francis Capra. Francis Capra. I mean, two things. One, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those. It's similar to uh, Keanu and the Matrix where Francis Capra in real life is Italian and Dominican. Right. This movie, he is a white child. Is there is white. no uh, the, his two but parents. Like that inner city precocious white. Yeah, was just like movies were teeming with back in the day. Right, his two parents very white. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's no, there's not, there's not, there, there's no way that you could tell me that there's anything else in there. But well, Travis is from <laughs> Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like in the movie, you can't tell me that he's not a white saver because he is very much a white kid, but. Fred Capra grew up to like be in Veronica Mars yeah, and like right. do some other stuff. And when you look at him today, boy, 
it's a real i mean it's trying to be a cholo bro yeah i mean it's almost a shia labeouf type situation where like he yeah. grew well, up i feel like it's more so yeah. except he just wasn't in the spotlight yeah like he's got all kinds of tattoos face, face tattoos. tattoos uh when you see him he's very much vacillating between like if he has the goatee, he looks Italian. If he cuts the goatee, he looks Dominican. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then you know how that goes in Hollywood. Hey, Once you're Dominican hey, or Puerto Rican, hey, you could be hey, any type hey, of yeah. Latino. So that's, what they, that's how they do. And he was talking about it, you know, in the in the oral history of kind of like, yeah, you know, when I would go to casting agencies, you know, I'd be too light or too dark or too, you know, whatever for certain roles that they were looking for. Not dark uh, enough, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, Kazam was just right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He also seems very much so like, I mean, in his Twitter handle, like profile, like it's the kid from Kazam. You know, he I mean? said that. Yeah. He said his Twitter yeah, profile. yeah. Like he very much owns that That's being the up. kid Good from Kazam. Him. Like he doesn't seem to be. I'm going to say he seems well adjusted in so much as like, I think he's just like that's did, me. Yeah. You know? He did the entire series of Veronica Mars and was in the movie. Yeah. You know, so like he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely like, I can't, I can't tell you if he's from the streets. I don't know that much, but like he's very much uh, giving the appeal. He talks about living a rough life and other things in there. Uh, I don't know. know. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will, so I will say with all of that, like in terms of like this being an intentional white savior film, no. But at the same time, like I can I can see some of the thought process, and then I can see where everything went wrong, right? Because I think they're like, okay, Shaquille O'Neal genie, right. Shaquille O'Neal rapping genie, it, Shaquille it, O'Neal face. in the boombox rapping genie, yeah we're going to have him rap these like very vague bars. Yeah. And not even like, again, this movie is one of those strange things where it's that nineties, like it's for kids, but like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like Like the adults have to go take these kids to this movie. Adults have to take these kids to this movie, but then there's just like wild innuendo and like other things that are just like that horny lady at the table (laughs) was like, yeah so strange it was like out of a different movie almost yeah and you couldn't i mean it's, it's not even that you couldn't do that today but just like you could but it, you'd have to be self-aware about it you'd have to be like you we all see why this person is like out yeah of a different movie. but it would also just be like there's not really a point to it so like yeah. the the chippendale movie that got made for disney plus yeah but i do want to see it yeah like there's a lot of like adult like innuendo mm-hmm. in the movie yeah. because it is about nostalgia and like, like you all know, the people who watch Chippendale's Rescue Rangers yeah. are now like 35 and 40 years old. Right. And so like it kind of is a kid's movie, but like isn't, you know, in that way. And like that's probably the closest thing. But like, you know, you're not going to go see the latest like, you know, big budget family movie and somebody's going to be like, rubbing somebody under a table (laughs) and like you know what i mean and we're gonna be like ha, you know kids are gonna be like "Mm, what's going on here yeah there's no there's no weird innuendo jokes in minions the rise of right yeah it's just so like this this is very archaic in that respect but like also that's the energy i honestly miss from the (laughs) i I miss like 
80s kids movies that would be like surprisingly horny or surprisingly <laughs> like violent like yeah like uh lampoon's vacation is like that yeah. movie's not for it's actually that's no. rated r yeah but like um I mean, I would even say through Home Alone kind of had that energy. Yeah. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting is like mm-hmm. PG-13, but it's still that energy that's yeah. like, I think there's a fuck in that movie even. Yeah. Like the Goonies is like oh, way yeah. too scary for actual <laughs> kids. You know, stuff like that. I miss yeah. that energy of like a little bit more playful and raw than PG. Yeah. And like you say a joke and you're like, what you, you know, <laughs> you have to look twice at it like, what did you, you say? Yeah. Yeah, um, and this I, I do miss that energy, and this movie has like none of that. And I still have a hard time imagining like people paid to see Kazam. Like they came in the mo- in the world of the movie, people heard about a yeah, rapping yeah, yeah. Oh, genie, yes, 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 and like said, "I would like to see that." Well, think about it it's at either, New York club prices. It's either go to New York and and listen to like <laughs> most deaf and Talib make mistakes and try yeah. to like figure out their careers, or. I heard there's a rapping genie nigga in Brooklyn across the river. <laughs> Would you like to go? But to it's this like open 95, 96. I yeah. mean, like you can't see like Pete Rock and CL Smooth, or right, you don't right. want to go see like Public Enemy, or like you I know, because Am's not as aggressive as either of those guys. Yeah, but even like you know, this is still you could go see salt and pepper or i mean like the brat is in this movie (laughs) you know what i mean like there's a bunch of things that seemingly would be better than a literal rapping genie like that would and because it's like one of those things where like the movie plays it in a way where it's like you know he's really a rapping genie but like nobody else knows but like yeah but he's doing rapping genie things yeah public but he's like he's very close to like hammer for you sure. know, in that he sense. might as well have done the dance. Yeah, and black people were kind of like in the beginning, we're kind of like, mm, all right, but as it went on, we're like, mm, Hammer's selling out. We don't fuck with Hammer like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So like, this nigga's a rapping genie. Like, sign I, me up. I think people might not necessarily flock to go to see that in the club. Uh, I, I feel like I mean not in real life, no. No, but I, in this movie, it seemed like I mean you know it's a it's they a read movie. The village voice, and they were like, "Yo, I gotta get out and yeah. see this rapping genie with an exploding boombox that mm. explodes." gold that i can't touch <laughs> which is also the driving force of why the villain does yeah. what he does in the yeah. movie it's, it's and, then he, and then he gets turned into a basketball and i presume dies because <laughs> 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 we don't see him again he was dunked into an air and i'm sure his body is like his you know. bones are <laughs> dust because <laughs> he got squished like wally coyote bro he, and they literally, slammed there's like, actually so there's the effect that there's literally somewhere is the wax figure of that guy oh my god that got smushed for like that half a second shot yep <laughs> oh poor dear god things, um, things happen here. Sure well i mean we can briefly talk about if we should remake this movie i don't think there's really no. any point in re- not even remaking kazam but even like the idea wait 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 of, like, wait, wait wait okay go ahead go ahead oh go ahead. i mean it's like you i mean you could do it but it's not gonna be a good movie like i don't think there is like a way to do it where with kd <laughs> his angry ass just make your fucking wish yeah with Kyrie you know what I mean like Kyrie did you, did you know the earth is also flat yeah Kyrie would be dropping all kinds of <laughs> random you know what I mean the vaccine isn't real the vaccine isn't real <laughs> don't turn off the cameras on me uh, yeah no I, I can make I'll, I'll cure it with my magic <laughs> you know what I mean but just don't get that vaccine yeah um, <laughs> well cause I think it's just you know 
it's it's in the style in the vein of a lot you know like like mike or sure. you know like a bunch of other space movies jam, honestly are, it's like space yeah you know where it's just like i mean that was fine but then, then they remade space jam and we were like we didn't oh, really need that bro, you didn't I have to do that uh so <laughs> yeah i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with this movie or any way that would make it like you know wow we like fixed we'll all make the, it better like yeah, we would fix it we if fixed we all the problematic it. elements of it it's more just like this movie whether or not they had 10 weeks or 10 months i think it was always going to be this around it like it may have been slightly more coherent sure but like it wasn't going to be like the raps were always going to be ass and like it was always going to be like a goofy kids movie so i don't right, think right, it was right. i don't and i don't think they were like it was just a weird kind of back and forth between the studio and Paul Michael Glazer of like, they were like make a goofy kids comedy and he was like I wanted to make a serious movie about divorce and <laughs> dead children. Yeah, like I'm having like a a crisis in my life and that's bleeding into this film that they just want Shaq to like do goofy raps and dance. Smile and you dunk, I mean? dunk an air yeah. man into an air shaft. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, I guess if there was like a different energy to it, like, you know, he probably would have granted some goofier wishes. I mean, that's the other yeah, thing is like yeah. it's this has the Green Lantern problem of like Green Lantern literally can do anything. Anything. And the then ring, right? in the movie, he makes a bunch of guns and a race car track. And like, that's the extent of what you did. And here, like Kazam can do anything. And he has a lot of costume changes, makes burgers rain from the sky and like has a magic bicycle and like that's the extent yeah. his boombox shoots sparks like that's yeah. the, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it, it. That's it. <laughs> you know so it's like they probably would have done more like sky's you, the limit but it's really not yeah more goofy like magic things and you know i mean you probably could have punched up the jokes a bit but like i don't think there's any I think way that's to, like, where like that's where the movie goes wrong because it's honestly like so boring yeah like it's not boring okay it's not boring because we watched it and <laughs> from beginning to end yeah but it wasn't like you threw your coconut water <laughs> my coconut. I threw, oh my god when he said no i'm you're not free i was like get the fuck out of here how dare you you're not yeah. free I mean, and then the graphics all that whole oh, sequence yeah. is just like ass but i mean if i remade it that's probably what i would do is like beef up the cg a little bit punch up the jokes yes they're not funny no and write bars get get like put that in the budget yeah 50k to a decent rapper (laughs) get sky zoo to do the uh stop (laughs) (laughs) he's never gonna be known he's just gonna be his uh ghost rider for the rest of his life ghost right Kazam too. Get fucking didn't Jay Z write still DRE just like get Jay Z. He did it for like a cool hundred K. Like y'all had it in the budget. Yeah. Come on. Uh let's play our favorite game. Cameron, this is this is gonna be interesting because I've I'm looking at these some of these scores. Looking at some of these scores and we'll yeah. we'll be surprised. So out of ten on IMDB, what yeah. do you think Kazam has? On IMDb, oh, oh, that's IMDb, a, that's a three point eight, bro. That's a three point eight or four. It's a three. It's a straight I three. I gave it more credit than it deserved on IMDb. People, I mean, again, usually on IMDb, a lot of these movies are like they're not. They're pretty accurately rated. Yeah, but, but nothing ever gets above a nine or a ten. There's no nines. Even the Godfather yeah. is like an eight five. This was like, yeah, people were were not kind to this movie. You know, there's a few like ten stars. 
uh, you know, here and there from people who, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but like more, more two, five, three stars, like people yeah. were really not fucking with Kazam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it feels like a fucking five or a three. Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think Kazam got out of a hundred percent? That's like 38%. 5%. Kazam <laughs> <laughs> has a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 37 reviews, a 20% audience score. Is that like an all-time worse? I think so. For on this show, for sure. I don't know Definitely. about Rotten Tomatoes specifically, but like Shit. Uh, people hated this movie. <laughs> Which, again, I can, you know, if you're a it's critic... Not- Good. Yeah, you watch this movie, you're probably just like, "Fuck, dude!" Like, yeah. <laughs> at least I'm getting paid to do this, but even still, even, like, I'm not. Yeah. Jesus. But Amazon.com, our favorite. What do you think Kazam has out of 921 reviews? 921. Four five. Four point five. Four and a half stars. Yeah. Technically, four point six stars out of five. Get out of here. Uh, people liked Kazam, at least on. Amazon. On Amazon, they're saying like it was a movie. It played in my you know, front of my eyes. Player. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think all of those things are properly true. Like minus the Amazon rating. That's yeah, that's fucking false. Very quickly, uh, I do want to get your like, who would you say is the best actor slash basketball player? Like of all the basketball players who have been in things. So we're talking about, I mean, we've got Michael Jordan, Jordan Space, Space Jam. Jam. We've got Shaq in This and Steel. And Blue Chips. And Blue Chips. You've got Ray Allen, famously, and he got game. Ray Allen, he got game. You've got Kobe Bryant. So got, uh, oh, what's his face? He got game. Uh, uh, what's his name? Vanessa Williams' husband. Oh, Rick Fox? Rick Fox. Yeah. You, and Rick Fox has been in some other things. Rick um, is, so Rick Fox is in there. You got Rick Fox. Kobe Bryant was in an episode Kobe of Bryant. In the House. And Moesha. <laughs> yeah. Um, famously, you've got Kevin Garnett in uh, Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems. I like Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems. No, yeah. n- no cap. Like, yeah, he's good in that movie, and it's like because it's a little bit of his energy. Yeah, that famous Kevin Garnett. I don't fuck with you, energy, but yeah. I need this yeah. gem. They man. Why would you show me something I can't have? That when he <laughs> says that line in this movie, that that kicked me in the gear for like the second half of the movie. Like, why you gonna show me something I can't have? And I was like. Oh, this nigga's for real. He wants a rock that bad. <laughs> he made me believe that yep. shit must have been magic. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's ever been a bunch of other, like, because I, I remember Alan Iverson and anything. Yeah. I guess we got to throw LeBron in there because he's starting to act in uh, things. Space Jam 2 and um, he's showing up in places. Yeah, he was in Trainwreck. That's what people... He is uh, in Trainwreck, you know. which I saw in the theaters. I did too. It wasn't. Yeah, it was a regrettable decision. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, we don't ever plan on meeting Amy Schumer, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, oh, damn, out of those? Yeah. Because I am thinking about new guys, but like new guys don't really do that now. Yeah. I kind of got to give it up to uh, Ray Allen, and he got game. Yeah. He is surprisingly good in that movie. He 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 keeps the movie going. He's like, I mean, literally the lead, and even though it's still like a famously wooden performance, yeah, there's still parts in that movie where he's like the stuff where he's talking to like Denzel like directly after the fight. Yeah, where he's like, "You never should came back." I was like, 
were you dealing with something, nigga? Yeah. Like, what was going on? Well, I mean, credit to Spike, too, because, I mean, he Ray, to write to this Ray shit Allen is famously, he's not dry, but, like, Ray Allen, if you listen to him talk, like, he's not giving you much. Like, he's not a very, his personality is He does very, color uh, commentary, which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, you know, he's a he's a jock. He's a dude, you he's know a what dude. I mean? He's yeah. a dude. Yeah. But he's you a know, basketball player. Yeah, he doesn't really have any like spark to his personality. Yeah, where, like you know, even you listen to some people like you know Vince Carter and like other people. It's like oh, Vince, he's kind of funny. Yeah, he's Alan kinda, Iverson, they got character. Yeah, it was like they was. I mean, even KD in a yeah. weird way is like a weird character. He's got, right. Uh, he's got that thing. Yeah, you know, a personality. I would I would go with Kevin Garnett and Uncut Gems. He's so good in that movie because I think you know Kevin Garnett carrying a movie. No. But no, Kevin Garnett as like role himself character, yeah, playing himself, and just like, but in that energy, you know what I mean? Like putting him in that position where it's just like, you know, he's a little bit aggressive and he's a little yeah. bit, you know, because he is. I mean, he's a six foot ten, <laughs> like he's skinny, but like he's skinny, but he's, he's giant, he's big. You he's know one of. He's actually like, if I had to do like top twenty gifts, yeah. My favorite, one of my favorites, is him watching that dunk with the yeah. camcorder, just like with his body getting yeah. blown away, <laughs> like yeah. a, a gust of wind, <laughs> just like whoa, yeah. Like that's, you know what I mean, that's a top ten gift right there. Um, I also shout out. I mean, it's I guess you know Adam Sandler is doing something with with oh, with basketball uh, players, but hustle. yeah, but like Anthony Edwards in that, like he's another guy who's just like he's he's super young he's on the timberwolves but like he's one of those guys who's just like he's got a magnetic personality personality yeah and so like you know again would i watch the movie with anthony edwards no no but but would i watch him do what he does in that movie or like as like a bit kind of like here's a guy in like 10 minutes of this film right i I guess it's like the adam sandler effect yeah he like lends to that set maybe i don't know um yeah i would say if we had to, well, first we got to put this on the Caucasity ranking system. We got three levels of Caucasity. <laughs> There's some wild Caucasity out here that we got to talk oh about before God, we get out of here. World. We live in the world, 2022. Yeah. So first level Caucasity is always is shorts in the winter, which is. What are you doing? It's cold. Cold. You know yeah. You know, put some pants on. Probably like, wearing Birkenstocks <laughs> too in the snow. You know, everybody else is appropriately attired. You have made a choice you to be a... different. <laughs> To be different, you know, but on the like, way to the bodega where yeah. you could easily catch cold, you right. could easily endanger yourself. But yeah. that's the thing, yeah, you're endangering yourself, right? You know, not me, not doing anything to me, you Love know. That. So, like, we curiously watch from afar, but no harm is being done, <laughs> no harm done. Uh, camera, what's the second level? Second level caucasity is this movie's touching my hair, mm-hmm. so now this movie has entered my space now. Shout out MySpace. <laughs> uh, has entered my area and probably not asking questions. Because they have, the thing is in that situation is they have all the questions. Yeah. They could simply just ask the question. But instead what they do is just. Got to act on it too yeah, though. Just yeah, just act on it. Just yeah. manifest destiny all yeah. in your hair. And that's when it's like it's a thing that's happening to you. Yes. Now now it's if affecting you. But it, it's not like, you know, it's not life threatening. There's no blood or nothing like that. But it's, no. it's definitely affecting you. Third level caucasity. I got. I mean, you can tell me if you've got anything else, but I've got a double feature. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be good enough <laughs> this week because two things happened that are just kind of like, what's going on? I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, if you found only two things. Yeah. Well, I mean, two things that I was just like, whoa. But you know, there's probably more. So, 
at the Guggenheim, there is an artist, a Spanish artist named Galanor. Oh, I did hear about this is fucked up. <laughs> who <laughs> had an, an exhibition mm-hmm. on display that mm-hmm. was about black cowboys. Right. And so it's just a bunch of like portrait shots portrait of like pictures. black cowboys, you know, in, in landscape. Um, you know, some close ups, some other things, you know, people were celebrating it. She was talking about it as like, you know, I was inspired by, you know, George Floyd and like Black Lives Matter and sure. like all this other stuff. Why not? Because the Internet. Right. <laughs> if this happened in 1995, probably gets away with it. Happens in 2022. Like the day. <laughs> like the day, <laughs> day of. The day the exhibition the day goes that a up. Nigga saw this and took a picture of it. People said hey wait a minute this looks very much like this brooklyn-based queer artist day day and the film that they did oh wait a minute here's some one-to-one looks pictures of your painting that you yeah painted and then shots from the film and it's literally the same like it's not even like inspired by or like a riff on or like you know, they took the they took the the picture, but then like put it in a city landscape. It's like no. literally, I painted this image. The colors are the same, <laughs> and like, I got I gotta it match the, this color. I got it in the Guggenheim. My nigga is in the Guggenheim <laughs> for plagiarism. And the Guggenheim's response wasn't, "Damn, that's kind of fucked up." Let's take this down. It was well, I guess to be fair, let's just put up the images of the film or run the film side by side so this person's work is still in the guggenheim in the the guggenheim people could still go and see it and i guess if they care to they can go watch the film that it's inspired by the guggenheim but it's only in the exhibit because guy did a plagiarism right so there's that which is peak caucasity right they didn't really apologize apologize. they were also very defensive about it saying it's not the same thing and then people kept showing pictures of it and saying what are you talking about i'm literally don't i've seen it don't tell me what i don't see (laughs) on top of that and you're gonna have to help me out here because i couldn't tell you what an addison ray is don't know i just saw a commercial i just saw a commercial with her in it for the first time this afternoon okay you As, uh, she is i'm assuming a pop artist of She's renown a young white woman in america i don't know if this <laughs> is a like lot a, of twitter followers like a disney thing or, or a tiktok thing I, you or, know what we can we can you use know. the internet we can do that but I don't care to find out who she is, <laughs> as karen finds out who she is let me tell you what she american did american media personality so okay. google don't even know what the fuck she's famous for so she actress and a singer highest earning tiktok personality okay so she, she's got a new song that leaked in the song she talks about <laughs> her poom poom right which is uh the she says her poom poom mm, no <laughs> no which is caribbean slang for <laughs> you can figure it out it yeah, is yeah. vagina um but it's, it's kind of it's a caribbean it's like it crosses a lot of the islands like it is just a slang term that you know people yeah. use in the caribbean and she says it with her whole chest <laughs> and no. and black twitter specifically caribbean twitter said wait a minute hold up <laughs> you you can't do that I, there hasn't been any follow up from this that I've seen thus far. Uh, you know, it's not a Lizzo situation where they're like, 
I'm going to re-record the song and not put that in there. Uh, but like it was out there and people were very much so just like, what are you doing? It's, it's clear that she probably doesn't write the songs. You know what I mean? Like somebody wrote this for her. She, she probably just sung what was written for her on the paper, but people were, people were going in on her rightfully. So, yeah. Um, yeah. This poom poom is to die for. Yes. I quit. (laughs) that's the level of caucasity we're dealing with did you have any others cameron that you had come across no those were, uh those... the the guggenheim thing was the okay. only thing that I knew yeah the all right well out of that <laughs> is what it, do is you it, think because is, <laughs> <laughs> is it shorts in the winter, in the winter? is <laughs> it touching my hair is it addison race <laughs> boom boom it's Kazam, Addison Ray's Poom Poom. <laughs> it is not. Actually, what's funny about this? <laughs> it sucks that this is recorded and I said that. So now it's like forever. It's forever. Um, Somebody's going to clip that out. <laughs> you were talking about what? <laughs> Send it to your mother. Um, Kazam is actually. So it's, it's a weird case because it's like. There is a lot of messiness going on in this movie yeah it's like messy handling of urban cities yes torn down brooklyn yep honestly communities where black people live or latino kids in urban situations the only other people of color in this movie are the latino kids who are bad and beat him up other than kazam by the way yeah and his his angry black teacher black teacher and april moon yeah, and or, then there's like a random black kids in the school who don't say anything and yeah. are never like in focus on well, they're camera. They're too busy studying. They're too busy <laughs> going to college and shit. Max is obviously they, not headed. They're trying college. to get out the hood, Cameron. Yeah, they're trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Little Keisha in the back was like, "Shut the fuck up! I, I am trying to go to college. You stupid idiot." <laughs> um, yeah. Even though all that stuff is like wrong and yeah. like very one note very thinly layered it's not bothersome yeah it's cool to see spinderella rap even though she's rapping about weird things yeah it's cool to see Shaq rap even though it's horrible yeah it's not necessarily offensive and it's not offensive to perceptions of like black folks in the hood it's only offensive because there's a lack of black people in a place where black people obviously exists yeah but that's what that's what happens when you shoot brooklyn shoot east la for brooklyn right so i can't say it's terribly offensive i can only say that the movie is just bad it's terrible (laughs) it's unwatchable (laughs) like it's really like it get it has a beginning middle and end yeah but honestly it doesn't care to give you any like reasons as to why those things are happening other than vibes right and i can't get mad at vibes i can only just like feel if they're good or feel if they're bad yeah and this movie is just corny vibes yes so i can't say it's addison race boom boom by a far <laughs> mark um and the movie's honestly not touching my hair either so it's honestly like a shorts in the winter point five. yeah because i had to listen to like those terrible i am yeah we genie uh (laughs) i would Uh, get not genie (laughs) i would give it shorts point five as well 
mostly for the Nubian goat eyes. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I forget about the Nubian goat eyes, which look gross, by the way. They look like, as if I'm thinking like if I'm the the prop master. Yeah. So it looks like a little. I thought he was about to eat dessert. I thought he was about to eat oysters. It looked like coconut spread on oysters. Yeah. But then they like did some food coloring to do the pupil part. Yeah. It looked gross. It he was. He was. He was. He was going in. Down. Uh, That's they do the thing enough. where like the villain is like in his uh, in his greedy bag. So yeah. like when he tells him, he's like, "Would you like some Nubian goat eyes?" Well, either way, I'm planning a very bright future for you. And then Kazam like looks at some champagne. He's like, "I'm headed to the top." And like meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> slurping him down, and it looks so disgusting. Well, because even they show his food later, and he's just eating regular food. Like he's just yeah. They eating... try to make like couscous and chicken look gross. Yeah, they're just like, like oh, look at this foreign food. And in the subtitles on Disney Plus, whenever he says something in like possible Arabic, Arabic, possible Arabic, it just says know. foreign. Yeah, like they don't even try to translate it. Just or foreign. even say that it's Arabic, which yeah. gives me the notion that it's not Arabic and just mumbo jumbo. Yeah, it's just foreign language. Just like, Evil, hey, have you foreign, heard Arabic yeah. before? Just say some words that sound like that. Yeah, doesn't it sound sinister? You know, what, what is he talking about? Uh, so there's a lot of, like, that 90s that racism. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just kind of like... The idea of Shaq as a rapping genie, I don't think is inherently racist. No. But I think that, like, there was definitely, like, some element of, like, we we want to cash in on, like, some urban cool Oh, you sure. know There's, that's the only reason to brat or spend a yeah in this movie but like it's really not it's it's just vague it's vague. ideas of blackness and like middle eastern culture and all kinds of other stuff so like it's there's... like a white guy found the cd by sounds of blackness with optimistic <laughs> on it but they never bothered to open the cd yeah. he was just like sounds of blackness that sounds good to me i'm gonna right. put it on the screen so that's what it, I mean. That's that's a lot of what it comes down to. And then obviously the talk of owning Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> and Max's refusal to to, to let him, him go free, like he frees I him free. against his will. No, nigga. <laughs> like he back in the box. <laughs> he doesn't because it's not even like like Kazam. Don't leave me. I love you. You no, know, like Kazam. <laughs> like you know, like you're my best friend and like, I don't want to lose you. It's like, you are not free. You're not free. <laughs> That's his first thing. It's not like, yeah, like you said, Kazam, I can't live my life without you. No, it's like, no, I need you in the box. Yeah, Kazam. get back in the box, nigga. Get back. <laughs> I am Kazam. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You know, and yeah, it's just generally a terrible, unwatchable film. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I think that, We'll do it for us. I mean, if there's any movies that you want should to we, recommend. Yeah, should we get a recommendation? Yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything. Disney Plus recommends you watch Aladdin. A, the live action remake of Aladdin yeah. with Will Smith. Which I mean, didn't, it felt a little racist. It, yeah. It felt a little yeah. racist. And it's like, I can't even recommend another Shaquille O'Neal movie. I guess you could watch Blue Chips if you, you want to see Shaq in a movie. Blue Chips if you want to watch a good movie with a Shaquille O'Neal performance in it. Yeah. Or Good Burger, fuck yeah. Watch Good Burger. Watch, don't, watch Good Burger. Yeah, don't watch Steel. Because it has the <laughs> Mandela Effect star of Shazam in yeah, it. Yeah, that is. Sinbad. It's the crossover. It's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's the closest you're going to get to the Kazam Shazam crossover. Right. Is watching Good Burger. Uh, yeah, so watch Good Burger. Yeah, it, watch it also Good has Burger. Kazam has burgers falling from the sky. Good Burger has, Good Burger has floating burgers. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, like there's a lot of synergy between there's the two films. There's something going on. <laughs> and they're not too far apart. They're only like two years apart. Yeah. But, I mean, Good Burger, while not cinema, like, <laughs> is far superior in quality than... You could smoke a joint and watch both of these movies, and one is still going to be good, and one is still going to be bad. Yeah, like like what I did today. Don't yeah, don't don't. So don't get don't give. I mean, you're already probably giving Disney Plus your money. Yeah, I mean, if you watch a Moon Knight, like yeah, I know you watch a Moon Knight. I know you yeah. watch Miss Marvel. So right. don't don't play yourself. Yeah, but you don't have to give Kazam any of your time. You don't have you know to. I mean? You don't have to stream Kazam um, just because it's there. But yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Cam, what you what you got to tell the people? You got anything going on or? Uh, come find me at the the Y. Nice. Your boy has a day job. Nice. You know, we making money. We getting getting uh, getting things popping over there. Um, other than that, um, you know, I'm cooking some things right now. It's more mm. cooking season right mm. now. So uh, go check out my sketch comedy group, To Karen with Love. If you haven't, we got some funny stuff on our YouTube. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and IG at the Blipster eleven thirty eight. Okay, and go there for hot takes and pictures of me and my mom. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at jrsosa eighteen, jrsosa one eight. Uh, Samurai Sonia in stores now. In stores for, now. Uh, first issues out. Second issues coming out on the twenty second of July, and then. You know, more issues to come each month until October. Hey. Um, more comic stuff on the way to be announced soon. Um, for us, if you want to reach out, you can find us on Twitter at white underscore pod. You can also find us at white people would save you pod at gmail.com. We've got something coming up for our anniversary episode that we got we something know, big we're, in, the, in the cooker. We're excited to let you guys know about in a little bit you know but and let us know what you thought about this live episode uh, yeah uh, we in the same place would you like to see that in a place yeah if you like the energy you know what i mean like we, we would love this to with do you. that we, we'll have we'll have drops and all kinds of other shenanigans we've talked about and caucasity <laughs> yeah you know games and powerpoints and other things that we want to do so yeah. um you know still trying to figure that out but hopefully you know if you if you want to see it we will provide we we, we want to <laughs> we want to just tell us what you want um <laughs> So, yeah, that'll do it for us this week. But, you know, be on the lookout for us next week. For more capacity. Peace. Peace. I'm Kazam. <laughs>